0: Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 153 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the fourth day of September of the year 2022. All right, guys, well, I'm sure you could imagine what kind of episode this is about to be after the kind of week we've had watching the Yankees, if you've even had the patience to watch them fully. And add that on top of the fact that, in general, just in my personal life, this wasn't really the best of weeks that I just got done having, so you're going to have to excuse me if my criticism of the team or certain specific players or whatever... Happen to be a little harsher today because I'm just really not even in the mood to do anything today, to be quite honest with you. I'm just being full disclosure. I'm just not even really in the mood to do this today. So I'm just extra ticked off. Even though right now at the time I'm recording, it's about two fifteen in the afternoon. The Yankees are winning one nothing their third and final game against Tampa. It's nice to finally see a lead. It doesn't really happen too much these days. But despite that, I'm still not in a great mood. And yeah, I just might come off as a little harsher today. So I'm just giving that little disclaimer before I even really get into much of anything today so that nobody gets offended, gets their feelings hurt. Just got to put that out there right away. So remember what I was talking about last week? Basically the main subject of what the title of last week's episode was based around, the Dare I Say title, when I was saying Dare I Say, after winning five games in a row, are the Yankees maybe back? Yeah, forget all that. Take it out of your head like it never even existed. Just take that sentence from last week's episode when I said, are the Yankees, dare I say, back and stick it right where the sun does not shine. Because since we spoke last week on that Saturday before the third game in Oakland, since we've spoken... The Yankees have not only reverted back to what they were doing prior to that five-game winning streak, and have totally undone that five-game winning streak virtually, but they possibly could look even worse since then. Just when you think they'd hit rock bottom, it gets even lower. Somehow gets even lower. I don't even know where to begin today. I really, when I was thinking about how to start the show, what points to make and where to go, how to keep the conversation flowing nicely like I managed to do every week, I was just like, where do I even freaking begin? Do you want to start with going after individual players? You want to talk about how they've forgotten to hit overall, all except Aaron Judge, who even today started the game off right away with a ball that seemed to have traveled 600 feet. Do you want to start with how additional injuries now are screwing them even more? Do you want to start with the complacency and mindset of the team? Where do you begin when you're talking about the incompetence of the second half 2022 Yankees? Where do you begin? That's the big question, isn't it? When the ineptitude is on the scales that it is. I guess I could start off with just going after individual players because... I guess that's just the most pleasurable thing to do to start things off here. And by the way, if you hear a little high-pitched frequency in the background, again, it's because I have my TV on next to me, I have the Yankee game on. Wish I didn't, but I do. (laughs) So, why don't we start with the guy that I've probably gone after the hardest, other than maybe IKF, but I've gone after the hardest and have especially gone after even more so this past week, even more, because I'm just, I'm over it. I'm over it. It's September, guys. I've tried to be patient. I've waited an entire season's length of time, nearly. There's only a month left in the season, give or take. We're at the end. We're at the home stretch here. Don't tell me I haven't been patient. Don't tell me I'm being too harsh. Don't. I, I don't want to hear any of it. None of it. But let us start with the guy who I've been very vocal about who I tend to describe as being the very definition of all bark and no bite. And that man's name is Josh Donaldson. This guy, you want to talk about not putting your money where your mouth is? And the money being the biggest subject of them all if you want to talk about the way his performance is, and how it doesn't match up to what he's making. I can now, and I've said this on Twitter already, I'll say it on the show now, I can now confirm, and I know there are a lot of other names out there throughout Yankee history, whether it be recent history or going way, way back, I don't care. I can now confirm that I have never, in my 15 years of watching the Yankees, personally watching the Yankees, I have never disliked a New York Yankee the way that I dislike Josh Donaldson. And I had a lot of people ask me on Twitter, oh, what about guys like Ellsbury or someone like Joey Gallo? Well, let me explain why I dislike Josh Donaldson more than them. And it's really quite simple. I'll start with Joey Gallo, who I was definitely hard enough on, to say the least. Gallo, at least, was not an arrogant loudmouth, making even a fraction of Donaldson's money, $25 million a year, and not being able to back any of what he says up, which I have less than no respect for when it comes to Josh Donaldson. If you have a big mouth and you want to act like a villain, there better be something to back it up. With Gallo, it was just a good move at the time that unfortunately miserably failed here. That's all that that was. It just didn't work out here. And the time of him being a Yankee had to end. And Ellsbury, while he was making a crap ton of money, he also was not a big mouth. Ellsbury's main problem was that he was hurt a lot. Hurt all the time. And, yeah, was that aggravating in its own right? Of course it was. But not on the level of Josh Donaldson. You are watching a player who has one of the biggest mouths of all, who people claim that this was the villain presence that the Yankees need. No, he's not. Because you have watched a player who has a very big mouth and a lot to say with said big mouth and nothing to back it up. This is a guy who was chirping the Rays pitcher Springs the other night saying, oh, you won't throw me fastballs. You won't throw me fastballs. You won't. You won't. And then shooing him away. He threw you about three before that, you dope. And what did you do? You looked at him for strikes. You look at him, go right by. And then you try to antagonize him after. Oh, you won't throw me fastballs. You won't throw me fastballs. Are you blind? I mean, we know that you have trouble recognizing which pitches are strikes and balls when you get called down on strikes or just watching them go right by. But can you not even recognize pitch types anymore? And even just before, in this game today, almost got hit in the head by a... A fastball by Armstrong. Yeah, fine. Nobody wants to have that happen. I understand. But this guy, first to start chirping right when he gets up. And the Rays catcher, Bethancourt gets in front of him. And you could read Donaldson's lips. He was saying to Bethencourt, mouthing, Oh, I don't give a F. I don't give an F. I, and then, when the benches start to clear... The rest of the Rays team comes out. You see Josh Donaldson put up his hands in a surrendering sort of fashion. Like, oh, you know, trying to defuse it. You have such a big mouth that does not have anything behind it. Nothing. I understand the need to defend your team and not liking being thrown up high and in by the face, but given the season he's had... And all the other times he likes to open his mouth and then completely embarrass himself by either just backing down or not having anything to show for it. Do you really think anybody's going to much care? Yeah, he's had fine defense this year. Sure, I'll say that. I'll admit that he's made some nice plays. The bat is non-existent. Non-existent. And when he opens his mouth, and this isn't only just this year, he had this tendency a lot of years in the past, especially last year, if you remember, and everybody was clowning him over this, including myself. I don't know why nobody seems to remember this, but remember when he opened his mouth about Garrett Cole last year, about the sticky stuff, the spider tack? What did he proceed to do against Garrett Cole after that, when he opened his mouth? He proceeded to strike out in almost every single at-bat against him after that. You remember that? Because I do. And now even the other night, if you want to talk about how great his defense is, and you know, these two plays don't take away his overall defense throughout the entire season, I understand, but not only was he clowning springs for wanting him to throw more fastballs, throw me a fastball, you won't, you won't, not only did he see fastballs prior to that, but right after he was doing that, what did Donaldson proceed to do right after that? He made two consecutive errors on the field. So here's an idea. Maybe shut your mouth and let your gameplay do the talking for you. Because when you open your mouth and start to act like a villain, as people put it, yet you continue to embarrass yourself in almost every single way, the way that you have, you come off as nothing more than a fool. And that's what he has come off as. For most of this season as a Yankee. And I'm tired of watching it. We are in September now. I'm tired of it. I'm over it. I mean, even in today's lineup, and this is proven even more so, I said this on Twitter even before the error with IKF happened earlier. I said the allegiance to not only Donaldson, but also IKF is unbelievable. But if you had to make a decision, and we'll get to Peraza being brought up later and everything, but... Today's lineup, Donaldson, IKF, Hicks, everybody in there, and I get it, the injuries that have happened, the continued injuries that we'll also get to in a little bit, have almost made the Yankees have to do that. I understand. But here's one thing that I would have changed about today's lineup, even amidst all the limited options for the Yankees, because of everybody that got hurt, and has continued to get hurt. IKF continues to be forced in, shooed in at shortstop. For what reason, especially with Peraza up here, I don't know. Nobody knows. But here's a solution for you. Why don't you try sitting Donaldson, who's probably not going to give you anything anyway. Why don't you put IKF, I don't care if he hasn't played third base for the entire season. Why don't you put him at third, you know, where he won a gold glove. If you so have to have him in the lineup, for whatever reason, and on the field, which I'd rather not, but if you had to, why don't you put him at third base where he won a gold glove a couple of years ago, put Peraza at shortstop, which is his natural position, instead of putting him out of position at second base, just to accommodate IKF, who has earned nothing, put Peraza at shortstop, IKF at third And even though he's been dreadful too, again, you're just out of options at this point, then maybe you play Glaber. I don't know. Just put somebody at second base, even though I'm virtually done with Glaber too. I'll get to that in a second too. But my point is, why? Where is the allegiance to Donaldson and IKF coming from? Especially IKF, who really hasn't done too much at all throughout his entire career. Where does it come from? Even with the Yankees being limited, you have certain options to play around with now that you have the kids up. Sit Donaldson. Who cares? And I know because ca- the money he's making and, and God forbid, they admit that, oh, the Minnesota trade wasn't a good one. You know, the trade that I was first up to crap on right away. With the exception of getting rid of Gary. That was the only positive that, that I thought existed with that trade. But I won't continue to bring that up. And if and when people start coming back from injury, it's even easier. Like when Bader comes back, you don't have to play Hicks ever again. Just put him in the outfield in his place. And then you could solely have Oswaldo Cabrera and Oswald Peraza in the infield where they primarily belong. And then when Rizzo's to come back, yeah, have him at first, have DJ at third, you don't need to play Hicks or Donaldson anymore. And at that point, you don't even have to play IKF anymore either. All the positions will be taken up. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Every single person under the sun is, is saying these things. I mean, it just seems like the common sense thing to do. And it's like everybody else other than this organization knows what to do. And they keep on sticking to their guns and they just keep on losing every day. And people are trying to figure out where to put the blame. The blame goes everywhere. It goes on the players for not doing their jobs It goes on everybody in that bullpen for not managing it properly. And it goes to the front office, especially Brian Cashman, who will be the first to tell you, oh, these players just didn't perform. Who assembled the roster? Who assembled the roster and makes certain roster decisions throughout the season that just don't have much sense to them? It's everyone's fault, guys. I like to focus on certain other people over others because they deserve it. But Basically, everybody, not named Aaron Judge, (laughs) is at fault. You want to keep moving on with the individual players, now that I seem to have said enough about Josh Donaldson? Let's move on to IKF. I'm not going to spend too much time on him, because God only knows that I've been hard enough on him throughout the season as well. He and Donaldson, I've gone after a lot. I will openly admit that, but you know what? When it's deserved, I mean... That's just telling the truth. It's not being overly negative. It's not putting blame on one person and nobody else. I've I've spread out the blame very nicely. I have. (laughs) I'm very proud of that. (laughs) But it's just the way it is. It's realism. It's telling the truth. And if you don't like it, then just don't listen. I don't know what to tell you. It's just the way it's been. But IKF, again, bobbling another ball at shortstop earlier. And Aaron Boone and the Yankee organization are the first ones to tell you in a post-game presser that Isaiah Kiner falefa is a top shortstop defender this year. Now, I urge the Yankees to do me a favor. Tell me that you look at no other defensive stat other than defensive runs saved without telling me that you look at no other stat other than defensive runs saved. Because there is no other stat to support that outrageous of a statement that IKF has been a top shortstop defender in the league or in the sport this year. Are you freaking kidding me? And I had a couple of people tell me on social media when I went after this statement, oh, what are you him to say? Well, maybe I don't expect him to completely and utterly crap on his players and completely end their career with words. But I also don't expect such utterly false statements. I don't know how else to put it. Because that's how ridiculous it is. Because when you go over the top with a statement like that, then your credibility just, it plummets. As a person, as an organization. Because you're just straight up lying. And badly because there are countless stats to prove otherwise. If I were Boone or anybody else in the Yankee organization commenting on Isaiah Kondafalev's defense after a bad error, you know what I would leave it as? I would leave it as perfect middle ground. I wouldn't crap on the guy, but I also wouldn't go out there and say something as utterly absurd as he is a top defender in the league at shortstop. I would say, you know, that, that play has to be made. It has to be made. Because That's the truth. And you're also not going too heavy in on the guy, so you're not ending his career with words. You're not folding him. But you're also telling the truth. He has to make that play. The plays that he botches have to be made. And the plays that he botches are all routine. As in a JV high school playing baseball player could make the play. That's what I just don't understand where the allegiance comes from. I, I'm The term king contact, if I hear that in reference to IKF one more time, I sw- I'm going to have a meltdown. I'm going to have a meltdown. I don't look as at batting average as the end-all, be-all, but I also don't look at it as being worthless. It's somewhere in the middle for me, and I use a ton of other offensive stats to tell the bigger picture, as everybody else should. But... When people think of contact, they think of batting average. And they're quick to reference. They were a while back. Oh, he's got the fourth highest batting average on the team. He's got the third highest batting average on the team. This man is just about under a 260 average, if you want to argue batting average to me. And you want to argue to me that he's king contact? Are you freaking kidding me? This guy has an OPS of like 625, I think after grounding to a field choice earlier. King contact? You're saying that to me with a straight face? And acting like you know what the hell you're talking about? I mean, other than all of that, there's really nothing else to say about IKF than I haven't already said. And even just now in the game, I just looked over, he made another horrible throw to first base. Thank God DJ jumped and caught it and was able to tag out the runner. This guy can't Play shortstop. You're prioritizing this kind of shortstop defense over Peraza. You're making Peraza play out of position for this crap? Are you kidding me? And you want to claim to me that this organization is serious? That it took them this long to even call Peraza up? And then in the first game he was up here, you sat him and Cabrera while guys like Hicks and IKF were still in the lineup? And it took another injury to even bring someone like Cabrera in, and then you have Oswald Peraza's first at bat being the top of the ninth, down nine-nothing with two outs and nobody on. Give me an entire break, people. Give me a break. I could go on and on. All the examples of late. Anybody can. Why don't we move on to another player? How about Aaron Hicks? I mean, this guy hasn't really seen much playing time before. The most recent injury being to Andrew Benintendi, which again, we'll get to in a second. But now he's seeing a lot more playing time because again, the Yankees are limited on choices. Again, I go into this rant with that understanding. I do. But I mean, he just continues to do less than nothing. Less than nothing. And his lack of defense this year... The way he still just nonchalantly plays the outfield is inexcusable. I don't care if it's a routine play. I just don't. I don't care. It's just, if the Yankees have the proper pieces in place and he's still getting at bats, I realize right now they don't have the proper pieces in place, Benintendi just got hurt, Bader's not back yet, I get it. Doesn't make it any less irritating though to have to see him out there on the field at any capacity whatsoever. I just can't I, I can't stand watching the guy anymore. And nothing that I would say now about him hasn't already been said. So again, there's not much else I could say about him. There's just really not. Besides really just saying that Harrison Bader and Andrew Benintendi cannot be activated soon enough. And the last one I'll hit on, I guess, is Glaber Torres. This one is probably, I wouldn't say the most aggravating, but I would say, I don't even know if there's really a word to describe for it. Baffling, maybe? But I tend to use that word a lot, because, I mean, what else, what other feeling is there really to describe what we have watched? But you want to talk about somebody who looked like in the first half they were well on their way To being a comeback player of the year candidate. Looking really good with the bat. Vastly improved. Big part of the offense. And then. I guess the only proper way to describe it is. Virtually falling off a cliff. In every single way. Even if you want to look at the guy's defense. I mean moving back to second base looked like a blessing for him. And might I remind you, the Yankees, how much accommodating they did just to ensure that Glaber Torres remained on this team and saw regular playing time after he didn't work out at shortstop and all the the moving around they had to do and him being a reason why the logjam was created to begin with because it's just absurd. And what has happened to him after his second base defense was so good early on, even his second base defense has started to fall off. It has fallen off. His bat is nowhere to be found. In the second half, his numbers are laughable. And now, he is starting to ultimately prove once again that he's just starting to look like a bust. Officially. And how many chances are you going to give a guy? This guy's been up since 2018, and since 2019, it's been pitiful, with the exception of the first half of the season, and he's fallen off from then. So I'm I'm virtually out of patience with Glaber at this point. He's just playing nightmarish baseball. So is the vast majority of this team. Like I said, the only one who seems to be conscious at this point is Aaron Judge. But it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. I just focused on those four because those are the ones that I am at the least patience with now at this point. Donaldson, IKF, Hicks, Glaber. Those are the ones. But all of them, really. I mean, it is absolutely incredible when you look. But even even zooming out from those four, not focusing on them so heavily. When you think about this team, I mean, it, it is... What has happened to them offensively? Yes put up a stat the other day, the Yes Network. And I have to read it because it is, it's remarkable. They put it up on the screen during the game. They put up a graphic that said Yankees offense before and at the arrival of and after August. Before August, and we knew this because I was talking about all of it for months on end throughout the first half, how incredible the offense is when, when, it was, when the pitching was fantastic. And then even when the pitching started to fall off, the offense would do all they can. To ensure victory. They would never give up. The game was never over. And before August... Again, more stats that I was telling you. Months ago, when they were great. Runs per game, they were first place. Home runs, first place. On-base percentage, second place. Slugging, first place. First place for WRC Plus and all the other advanced stats for the most part. Now, when August came around... They are 25th in runs per game. Tied for 15th in home runs... 25th in on-base percentage, and 26th in slugging. They have died. This is not even to say that they have just taken a downturn. They have died, people. And if Aaron Judge was not on this team, they might be dead last in a lot of these categories. And you just can't expect one man... To carry an entire team like that. It's just not realistic. It's not fair. It's not anything. I can't believe he's not on the injured list from an injured back from carrying the entire roster as a matter of fact. But you can't expect that of any single man. You can't. It's not reasonable. Aren't those numbers unbelievable? The difference. And how many times also... In this last month or a month and a half, have the Yankees had stretches where they go 18 to 20 innings, maybe even plus, without scoring even a single run? They just had another one going into yesterday before Aaron Judge hit his solo home run at the end of the game. It feels like a regular routine at this point. An inning span that is as long as over two games worth of not scoring a single run. I feel like it has happened over a dozen times in the last month and a half alone. It is ridiculous. Now, if you want to go back and look at where they started to slow down overall, let's go back to maybe eh, like the start of of July, tail end of June, because usually when people start to look at the downturn of this team, they go to the end of June or the start of July. So, At that point, if you remember, and we were talking all about it at the time, the pitching really had become the problem. Do you remember that? Because it felt like no matter what lead they had, or how close the game was, or what have you, no matter what the situation was, it felt like the hitting was never done. The hitting could never just sit down and rest, because the the bullpen or the starting rotation, just the pitching overall would give the runs back, or just keep on allowing a hitting parade to go on. They were just doing all they can to make comebacks, scoring as many runs as possible to to prevent another pitching meltdown that could blow the game. You name it. The offense was killer. And those stats I just gave you, and, and those were stats that I was giving you for months on end before. That's all the support that you need to back up that statement. They were killer. Leading the league in run differential. Still leading the league in runs scored even now. I mean, they still, they still lead the sport overall in the grand calculus of the entire season in a lot of offensive categories. I mean, just to give you perspective of how good the offense was in the first half to the fact that now the offense has been the way it was for over the last month and month and a half, and they still lead the league in a lot of offensive categories, despite how awful they've been. I mean, it's just remarkable. How that could still be the way that it is even after they have fallen off a mountain. So at first was the pitching's fault. The pitching came back down to earth after how amazing they were in the first half. Everything in the first half was amazing. That's why they won 52 out of their first 70 games. That they looked like they were getting ready to be the best team of all time. My God, how how far they have fallen. (laughs) But... Then the pitching started to improve again a little bit a few weeks ago. In August, basically a month-ish ago, the pitching started to improve. And they've been great again since for the most part. And the offense, at that point... And when the pitching was having its rough days, the offense still had their days inevitably. At that point, you were just like, Oh, who can blame them? They've been so great for the entire season. But now, for weeks on end at this point, with the exception again... Of Aaron Judge, who now sits just eight home runs away from tying Roger Maris's American League single-season home run record, which to me is the true home run record overall in a single season. With the exception of him and the godly season he continues to have, they have been so dead that it's hard to believe that that first-half team and that first-half offense ever even existed. When you truly think about the difference in this team, in this offense from earlier on, and the difference in the team overall from where they once were, I mean, it just renders anyone speechless, speechless, Even someone like me, who you can't shut up if you dreamed of it. This, at this point, everything that can be said has been said. But I'll just continue to say it week by week as it continues. But this just continues to be the longest stretch of the poorest kind of baseball gameplay that I think I've ever seen in my time as a fan. I have never been more disgusted, upset, baffled, my favorite word lately, over a Yankee team. I truly have not. Last year was rough to get through with the way the offense looked, but they even had their good days then, and you just came to an understanding fairly early on that I I guess this is just what they are. I mean, other than Judge and Stanton last year, just, it just wasn't good. But this year, between, you know, on paper, having the roster that they had wasn't even really that bad. I mean, you, you kind of had a feeling there'd be some holes here and there, and that the first half, they were playing out of their minds maybe a little bit over than what they truly are. I mean, that's abundantly clear now. But, I mean, for for you to have the season that you were, where it started, to now, a prolonged stretch like this, after especially, when you put it in perspective, especially after the way it started, I have never seen anything like this. Ever. And I don't want to tempt fate at all, but I'm not sure I ever will, again, because of how ridiculous it is. This is the first team to reach 70 wins a while back, if you remember correctly. It has taken an eternity at least what it feels like to even reach 80. They're not even there yet. And they've had so many teams since blast past them. The Dodgers, the Mets, the Astros. Even the Braves are better than them. It's it's amazing. And now... Here on September the 4th, you look at the division, the AL East, which I will remind you for about the 37,000th time this year that they once led by 15 and a half games is now down to four, four games, three if you want to look at the loss column. Blowing the division at this point, what seemed like the impossible, is now not only entirely possible, but even feels likely. And the gameplay that's happened out there, I got to be honest with you right now, I I said a week or two ago that I'm confident that they're going to hold on to their lead. I can't say that anymore. I really cannot say that anymore. They have been playing at a point where it looks like the Detroit Tigers or the Cincinnati Reds, any pitiful team that you can think of, can easily take a series against them, maybe even sweep them. That's the brand of baseball that they've been playing. It doesn't matter who they face on the mound, whether the, op- the opposing pitcher be a good or a bad pitcher. It doesn't matter. They can't get out of their own way the pitching's doing all they can, Aaron Judge all by himself in that lineup is doing all that he can, but when the vast majority of your lineup is either an automatic out or injured, and I'm not using the injury as an excuse, I don't make excuses, you know that, it's crap, but the fact of the matter is there are injuries now, you're just not going to get very far. And you're not going to win too many games, especially when you step up to the plate with the approach that this offense has a pitiful approach. You could tell, and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying this, and they're absolutely correct. You can tell that they are completely just guessing on pitches, letting good pitches go right by as a result, and swinging at all the crap. The quick at bats, non competitive at bats, it is all true. And if they continue down this path, I don't really know how you're not nervous. That the division that they once led by 15 and a half games could actually be blown. And that we could very well see, officially, the biggest regular season collapse in the history of sports. And I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. I've referred to it as that in the past, and I still am. And if not the biggest, definitely one of the biggest, without even a doubt. No debate. Be very careful going forward, guys, if you're the Yankees, because you're playing a very dangerous game. And before you know it, the season could very well be on the line. Some may argue that it already is. But I mean actually about to lose the division if that is to come about. You're just playing a very, very dangerous game. If you don't score runs, you can't win games. So I guess I've said all I have to say tirade-wise. A lot of that, I've said a lot of it already before, but I just, I couldn't hold it any longer. I couldn't. I I can't. I've been waiting. I've both been waiting to get in front of this microphone and dreading to get in front of this microphone. Waiting because, like I said last week, it's a form of therapy almost for me when things are going very badly but dreading it because nobody wants to talk about this dreadful of a subject the way that it's been with the Yankees lately. Nobody wants to. But I'm loyal to this content. I'm loyal to this podcast. I'm loyal to you listeners and my fans out there. And I just got in front of it and I took off. Why don't we get to some Yankees news before we move on to recapping this disgraceful last week of Yankees baseball. Hold on, IKF is trying to make another play right now, it's the fourth inning, and he actually made a play, congratulations, doing your job? No way. Alright, so why don't we start off right away with last Sunday, with what started with news, because we spoke last Saturday night, before last Saturday night's game, and since then the Yankees have won one baseball game, not including today, which today's game obviously is not even wrapped up yet, still just one nothing Yankees in the fourth inning, thanks to Aaron Judge's leadoff home run. That seemed to have uh, traveled to Mercury, because it just I don't think it's landed yet. Um, last Sunday, the Yankees signed a reliever by the name of Anthony Banda, who had a near six ERA at the time, <coughs> and added him to the roster right away, and he actually pitched right on Sunday. And after Sunday's game, Luke Bard was optioned, not a surprise. To bring back Clay Holmes. So that's how it went ultimately. They actually made some roster moves as opposed to what was predicted on Twitter last week when they said that when Chapman went down, they would just wait for Holmes to get back and wouldn't make any roster moves. Well, they ended up signing Banda and then and then optioning Luke Bard to bring Clay Holmes back and doing all that crap. So Clay Holmes has been back and since he's actually looked better, thank God. <laughs> they also signed uh, Chichi Gonzalez, who I've never heard of in my life, and Tyler Duffy to minor league deals. So, people might classify that as some cashman dumpster diving. That's what happened at the beginning of the week. August wrapped up. I should say this news-wise, because it's pretty newsworthy. On top of the introduction tirade that I went on. When August finished up just a few days ago for the Yankees officially, amidst their continued West Coast trip in Anaheim before they came back to the East to face the Rays this weekend, the Yankees officially finished the month of August with a 10 and 18 record. 10 and 18. And that is their worst record and most losses in any calendar month since September of 1991, over 30 years ago when the team was a disgrace. And they went 9 and 19 in that month. And I also want to give credit where credit is due. That stat was given by Katie Sharp on Twitter. If you don't follow Katie, go follow her. She gives awesome stats out on the regular. And this is another one that she gave out. Worst calendar month in over 30 years. After that, with the rosters expanding as we know on September 1st, this was what finally had them call up Oswald Peraza. And on top of that, they promoted Volpe, Anthony Volpe, to Triple A. So things happening down in the minors with the promotion of Peraza that we have all been begging for, Volpe promoted to AAA. And I was real happy about that going into Friday because Thursday when the rosters expanded was the off day. So after that, with the rosters expanding and the moves they were making, I was feeling pretty good with Volpe being promoted and Peraza being called up. I was like, all right, let's give this our best shot But then, of course, good things happening, as we know, as we have well established, cannot come without a price. The bill comes due. Right away in the beginning of the game, Friday night, a couple days ago, Andrew Benintendi left the game with a wrist injury, and he landed on the IL later with wrist inflammation. Not only is that a huge blow in itself, of course, because of how good Benintendi has been, but it also means, like I said before, that you will have to see guys like Aaron Hicks back on the lineup on the regular, because what choice do they have? Bader's not ready yet. Benintendi's out. Stanton's not going to play the outfield, at least for a while, maybe not for the rest of the season, because of him coming back from his Achilles issues and still not even seeming to have gotten his timing back with the bat. So, you're probably gonna have to see Hicks out there as we have, again for the ne- for the last couple of days, as torturous as it is. So Benintendi going down is a humongous blow. You can only hope that he doesn't miss an extended amount of time. If he does, and that is very bad for this team, that has known nothing but bad of late. So they made even more roster moves after this happened. They officially called Floreal back up, so he's back, and they also made some pitching moves. They DFA'd Anthony Banda. I mean, he did a disgraceful job on Friday night, and, I mean, he's pretty much a waste of a roster spot anyway. Not to be too harsh, but that's just the fact of the matter. Don't know why he was really ever acquired in the first place. And they re-signed Ryan Weber, who they had also DFA'd a while back, if you remember. I don't know why they ever had to DFA him in the first place. They got a guy like Anthony Banda. You could have just kept Ryan Weber. But whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Got him back on the major league roster. It's good to see him back. And that's basically all. That's really it. We're caught up. (laughs) I think everything that has had to have been said has been said. So why don't we just move on to recap. I mean, really. What else is there to say? (laughs) I feel like I've hit on basically everything that I wanted to hit on. So, why don't we just recap this past week of Yankees baseball? I'm not going to really go in depth on last Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I could just tell you what happened now because it was really that fast. I mean, last Saturday was a freaking disgrace. <laughs> that game that I was really hoping the Yankees would just continue on their good role and win their, seventh, their sixth game in a row, rather. Herman pitched a s- seven and two thirds inning shutout. A fantastic game as he continues to pitch well. Laविसaga looked terrific after that and then Marinaccio came in and had nothing after the Yankees actually had a 2 to nothing lead. There was no scoring going on. None. No scoring going on for the entire game. No scoring happened until the 10th inning when the only way the Yankees were able to score up to that point was on a wild pitch. They scored 2 runs to go up 2 to nothing. And they had two hits the entire night. Since what was it, the, I don't don't even remember, remember what inning it was, really. They had, oh yeah, that's right, top of the fourth. They had one hit from Benintendi. One hit. And then a second hit by Oswaldo Cabrera in the sixth inning. And both of those were undone by being caught stealing on the bases or picked off. So two hits the whole night in an 11 inning game that it ended up being because after they scored those two runs in the wild pitch only in the top of the 10th Marinaccio came out and shockingly very very rare occurrence for him had nothing going so he gave up a game tying two run homer to Steven Vogt of all people <laughs> and then the Yankees couldn't do anything in the top of the 11th shocker and then in the bottom of the 11th on a Force out. Shea Lang came home to score. 3-2. to Yankees lose an embarrassing game. It's whatever. Bounce back the next day. But they very much did not. After only getting two hits on Saturday night. And only scoring two runs thanks to a wild pitch. They only managed to score one run on Sunday afternoon against the A's. Only getting four hits. And... The only run they scored in the whole day was in an RBI single by Kyle Higashioka in the top of the fifth, but before that, well, Clark Schmidt took the mound because he didn't really have a choice with the starting rotation now going down a bit with Nestor being out and Sevy being out, so you're down some arms now, and Nestor, of course, as we know, is, is just a few days away from being back already from a groin issue, makes it look even more like it was a Phantom IL stint, like I mentioned the possibility of last week, and Severino's already working his way back, but... Schmidt had to play this game, he had to pitch this one, and he did not do a good job starting-wise. And it's not fun to see, because Schmidt is really good, he's done a great job, but this start, he just didn't have much of anything, it was a really annoying game to watch. I didn't watch too much of it, because I was out and about, but I was staying tuned to it and keeping track scoring-wise, four and a third, eight hits given up, four runs, did strike out seven, but just didn't have much going, so he gave up four runs, the Yankees didn't hit at all, so they lost four to one, really nothing much else to say. So I guess we'll start our recap after that brief run-through on Monday. So let's jump into the Yapping Yankees time machine and uh, breeze through this putrid past week of Yankees baseball. Let's go. Wait, now hold on a second. That's the bottom of the fifth right now. I'm watching this game. And they just called catcher's interference. And Boone is at the dugout right now. He's losing his freaking mind on the home plate umpire. It looks like he's just asking them to take a look at it. But they challenged a pop-up play in foul territory that Bethancourt caught before. And I think, from what Michael Kay is saying, that Boone didn't want that to be a challenge used up. They just wanted them to look at it. But I guess they used it as a challenge. So I don't know if they can look at this catcher's interference call right now. He's just talking to the umpire. He looks to be getting a little fired up right. And he just got thrown out of the game. Boone is thrown out of the game. I gotta see a replay of this. I gotta see if this is actually actually catches interference. If Higashioka reached out. I gotta see this. Cause uh I'm pretty sure that was um that was who's out at bat? Was that Walls just now? That they called that on? Yeah, it was Taylor Walls. Alright, the replay is coming right now. Hold on. There was no interference. That was just a foul ball, you moron. Oh my, oh my God. Oh God. (sighs) Yeah, amidst these struggles, yes, let's just, let's just have the umpires make themselves known now. That's exactly what this team needs. There was no interference at all. It was literally just the ball going off his glove that created the movement from his glove, not the bat hitting it, you moron. Oh my God, what a Class A idiot. I I can't really blame Aaron Boone for getting himself ejected there. I really can't. I, I can't blame him for that. I mean, this is a manager who's probably already at the end of his rope, anger-wise. Just the way his freaking team has been playing. <sighs> like I said, I blame everybody at least a little bit for this disgraceful stretch of gameplay these last two, two and a half months. And Boone included at least a little bit, even though I just consider him to be a mouthpiece for the organization. But I can't blame him for getting ejected there. He's got to be at the end at the end of his rope, temper-wise. Unbelievable. Hopefully Montus gets the last out of the inning. I don't really know what else to say series up right now i'll probably get him out series is not having a good year how irritating my god all right he got out of it good all right so no harm no foul Montes is pitching a good game today i have to say that it's about freaking time i mean his start against the mets was was pretty good his two-run start against the Red Sox was, it wasn't was bad, but it wasn't comfortable either. And all the other starts have been terrible. So it's it's about time that we see a real lockdown start out of him. So now he's through five innings. He hasn't allowed a single run. he struck out seven, only given up one hit. And this is by far his best Yankee start. By far. Not even close. And it, it's about time. If there's ever a time where the Yankees need to stop the bleeding, it's, it's today. All right, so let's blow through this freaking weekly recap, I was about to say another word, <laughs> I'm just so over it, I really am, I'm so over it all, if you go back to Monday, pitching matchup was <laughs> Montas, <laughs> against Suarez, and Suarez not a good pitcher, Yankees really couldn't get much going against him, in the bottom of the second right away, Renhifo hit a solo shot off of Montas, made it one to nothing, DJ in the top of the third hit a sack fly to tie the game at one. Rizzo hit a freaking bomb to right field. A solo shot making it 2-1 to one, is 29th of the year. And that was another one that I actually forgot forgot to mention in news uh, that his injury has come back for his back. His back is giving him more difficulty, but they hope that he's back in a couple of days. Back in a couple of days. Haha. I'm just going to go cry in a corner somewhere. <laughs> 29th home run for him. Hopefully, he does come back soon, because he was really making some boneheaded decisions out there, and just really not looking good before these home runs, and of course, right when he starts to hit home runs again, and starts to be heating up here, the back issue has to come back, because that's just the way it goes. Bottom of the fourth, this home run was baffling, because this guy has done absolutely nothing this entire year, except for just look at this upcoming series against the Yankees, and choosing violence for some reason, because... Mike Ford stepped to the plate. Former Yankee Mike Ford having a miserable year and hits his first home run of the year, a mammoth shot to right field to tie the game at two, a solo shot off Montas. And in the bottom of the fifth, Shohei Otani, two-run homer, made it 4-2. to two. Top of the 8th, Judge with his 50th home run of the year, solo shot made it 4-3, to three. Yankees would end up losing 4-3. to three. And the discussion that I was dreading, just dreading, coming into this series, knowing that the Yankees and Angels were playing each other, was knowing that the discussion of who is going to be the MVP between Judge and Otani, I knew that that discussion was going to resurface, and I was dreading it. Because... My respect for you and your knowledge as a baseball fan solely depends, right now, as of now, on who you believe deserves the MVP award more. And it has nothing to do with Yankee bias. This is as objective as it gets, looking at the numbers, looking at the seasons each one is having. If your answer is anything other than Aaron Judge, after a nanosecond of thought, I question your knowledge as a baseball fan. Because, quite frankly, Judge is probably hitting over 60 home runs this year. Having one of the best offensive seasons that anybody has seen in a very long time. One of the better offensive seasons ever, by the time it's all said and done, probably. And if that isn't enough to take the MVP award over Shohei Ohtani who is in every single way worse than Judge offensively, and Judge's defense even gives him even more credit on that side of the ball, if Judge's season cannot win the MVP over Shohei Ohtani, then no season from any player can. And at that point, you might as well rename the award the Shohei Ohtani Award because it should just be given him every year at that point if you're just going to give it to him each and every year solely because he pitches and hits. He's not even the best in the AL at pitching and he's nowhere near the best in the American League offensively. Judge is so far past him it's not even worth talking about. So just... I've addressed this before. I don't want to go much more into it because it's common sense. It has nothing at all to do with Yankee bias. Nothing. It's just looking at every single offensive stat and accounting for on the other side of the ball. The gold glove defense that Aaron Judge also plays, not only just in right field, not only just in center field, but in both multiple outfield positions, multiple positions, gold glove, even platinum glove-esque defense. And what he's doing at the plate, if this season cannot win the MVP award over Shohei Otani, just give it to Otani every single year without there even being an MVP race. And if you even want to do it off merit of what each and each individual player means to their team, even that is flawed logic. Especially when you look at what's going on with the Yankees right now, and the fact that the only one that's conscious in the Yankee lineup is Aaron Judge. Where would this Yankee team be without Aaron Judge? especially amidst these offensive struggles over the last month. I'll tell you where they would be. Nowhere. I'm not sure that they would have won a single game of the few that they've won in the last month, month and a half. I'm really not sure they would. It's that much of a difference, that much value to their team. If you take Otani off the Angels, guess what? The Angels still stink like they already do with him there. So even that logic is not correct. There's just no way of getting around it no matter how much you want to hate the Yankees. No matter how much you want to hate a player like Judge for whatever reason. No matter how much anti-Yankee bias that you have. If the roles were reversed and Aaron Judge was having this season on another team, and Otani was a Yankee having the season he was having, I would say that Judge still deserves the MVP. This has nothing to do with Yankee bias. And right when this discussion started to come up again, I I, I was like, I can't believe we have to talk about this again, as if it's even a debate. It's pathetic. Accept reality and learn about baseball. If you disagree with me. There is no disagreeing. And if the voters happen to go with the other way of thinking. Then just rename the award. Rename the award. The Shohei Ohtani award. Because he knows how to pitch and hit. And you'll never be able to give it to anybody else. Because nobody else can pitch and hit. So just give it to him every year. And rename the award. There should be no MVP race at that point. None. Anyway. Moving on. To Tuesday. The only game the Yankees have won in the last over a week. On the mound for this game was Jameson Tyone, and Tyone left the game after two innings. He got hurt, but he is actually in line to pitch again for the Yankees in his next start tomorrow, I believe. I think I saw Brian Hoke tweet that a bit earlier, so. He's not going to be out going forward for, for the foreseeable future, but he had to leave this game early. He only pitched two innings Allowed two runs, he was not looking good early on, and if he would have stayed in this game, it probably would have gotten way out of hand, and who knows, the Yankees might not have even won the game. But the bullpen came in afterwards, and they did a terrific job. Greg Weissert, after his disastrous debut, for the most part, has done a very nice job after, and he did a great job in this game. They couldn't touch him. Two shutout innings, two strikeouts. The main headline in this game was how the offense finally showed some signs of life, and how great the bullpen was. Lickie came in for two-thirds of an inning, did give up a run, but then after that, Trevino came in, a shutout inning. Marinaccio came in, nice bounce back for him, an inning and a third of shutout baseball. Luizaga, an inning and a third of shutout baseball, three strikeouts, so three of his four-outs are strikeouts. He continues to look fantastic, and Wandy Peralta came in to close things out, two-thirds of an inning at the end, giving up one run. When the Yankees were already up, and he gave, gave us a nice hard attack at the end there, but the Yankees did put seven runs up on the board. Top of the first, Andrew Benintendi, fifth home run of the year. Fly ball to right field made it one to nothing. And top of the second after that, Anthony Rizzo would continue his hot-hitting ways before he would unfortunately go through his back issues again. Solo shot for him, his 30th home run of the year made it 2 to nothing. Bottom of the second, these were the two runs that Tyone would give up of all people to Max Stassi. Couldn't keep Max Stassi in the ballpark. So Stasi went deep, two run shot, tied the game at two. Top of the third, Josh Donaldson would reach base on a throwing error by Renjifo down at third base. And that would drive home two runs. And you know what? If you're a Yankee fan at this point, you take runs however you can see the Yankees getting them. That's just basically the mindset that you follow. That did drive in two runs, DJ and Judge. Made it four to two. And then Aaron Judge in the top of the fourth, thankfully, put the game pretty out of reach. Because again, he's the only one with a pulse hit his 51st home run, a three-run atom bomb to right center field, made it 7-2, and the Angels just added on two runs on a solo shot, again, in the bottom of the fifth by Mike Ford, (laughs) and an RBI single in the bottom of the ninth off Juan Peralta by Taylor Ward, but the final score would be 7-4. The Yankees would win. That was the last time they would win, coming into today. Wednesday, the final game against the Angels, the rubber game matchup. It was looking good to start, but again, the Yankee offense just non-existent, getting three hit on the night, only scoring two runs, and the two runs coming from people that you'd never guess in the top of the fifth, Glaber Torres, RBI double, and Aaron Hicks, a sack fly. Holy crap, right? <laughs> so you're hoping the Yankees would hold that lead, but then in the bottom of the sixth with Garrett Cole on the mound, pitching a very fine game up until the end of the start in the sixth inning he would end up going seven innings, allowing three runs, two earned. But in that sixth inning was when it all just collapsed. Because in that sixth inning, with Cole on the mound, David Fletcher would get a single, and he would advance to second because Josh Donaldson made a throwing error. He's been doing a lot of that lately. And so even his... uh, his solid defense throughout the year has been taking a hit as if that that's basically the only leg he has left to stand on. So, as I said before. So, that allowed him to advance to second. And then another thing occurred that has been a very frequent theme in a lot of Yankee games, especially Cole starts. I mean, he's made a lot of these errors just on routine plays overall as we, as we have well established. But especially in Garrett Cole starts. IKF botches another routine ball so that allows Mike Trout to reach. And then the home run that we all saw coming after that took place. Shohei Otani, three-run shot to center field. That would be all it took for the Angels to win. The Yankee offense would go quietly into the night, and they'd win 3-2. to two. So, the, so the Yankees losing another series to another really bad team. Just an embarrassing loss yet again. And they would go into the off day on Thursday just in a really bad place yet again. So I know there was a lot of blame to go around in that game. Who to blame? Donaldson throwing the ball away. IKF with another brutal routine error. Or Garrett Cole for giving up the home run. Well, why not all of them? How, how about IKF makes the routine plays he's supposed to make that maybe would give some merit to the Yankees playing him a stopgap over somebody who they literally got him for the purpose of waiting for the kids to come up and play shortstop after him, yet still playing him at shortstop over the kids. Maybe it gives some merit to that if you actually made routine plays. But he doesn't. So maybe he should, like he hasn't for most of the season. And maybe Garrett Cole should learn, which he has not done in a decent amount of his starts this year, to limit damage and not let an inning get out of control because things just don't go the way you exactly plan for them to go. You gotta get the last out, dude. I know they're making you get extra outs with the mistakes on the field, and that's not fair, I understand. But you're also Garrett freaking Cole, you're the ace of the team, you gotta get that last out. You can't leave a fastball right over the damn plate for the taking for Shohei Ohtani right there. You just can't do it. So honestly, a little bit of blame for everybody to go around. To be honest with you, I'm not giving anybody special treatment. Screw that. So that's how that game ended. They were off on Thursday. And now this is going to be really quick because the rest of the series against the Rays so far up to this point has been absolutely pathetic. They didn't score at all on Friday night. They got completely shut out and they only scored one run last night on an Aaron Judge solo shot in the ninth inning. That still led to them losing because they were losing two to nothing. It was just a solo shot, so they would lose two to one. On Friday night, you had Domingo Herman pitch. He didn't pitch a bad game yet again. Six and two thirds, just three runs. Two of them earned because of three more Yankee errors. And two of them came from Josh Donaldson, like I mentioned in the intro. This is when he had the two consecutive errors. Not one error, two. So, it was really... It was a close game at first because really only a run scored on an RBI single after Donaldson's errors in the fourth inning. That's really all that happened with Herman for the most part. But in the seventh inning, it got a little bit out of control because... Bethancourt hit a two run shot after Paredes walked. So that made it 3 0. At that point, that was those are the only two earned runs for Herman because it was a walking and a two run shot. So, so those are earned. The one in the fourth inning is not earned because of Josh Donaldson's disastrous defensive gameplay. So that's that, really. And then things just got completely, completely out of hand when Weissert and Banda came into the game. They each gave up three runs just. Not good at all, but Weissert had been good again since his debut before that, so I'm willing to give him some slack. Bandit had, had a couple of decent appearances too, but I mean, there was no reason for him to be here in the first place after DFAing a guy like Ryan Weber, who had actually had a lot of good appearances. So, whatever. The final score, after all, that would be 9-0, a complete embarrassment. And yesterday really had <laughs> nothing happen, to be honest with you. Like I said, only judges solo shot, and the only runs scored by the Rays were in the bottom of the third on a two-run single by Yandy Diaz off of Clark Schmidt, who actually otherwise had a pretty decent start, four and a third. Again, just four hits, the two runs and two strikeouts, not awful, not nearly as bad as his start in Oakland, but the Yankees lost 2-1, to one, and here we are today. Right now, we are in the bottom of the sixth, where we stand as I look at the TV. Lou Trevino's in the game for Montas. Montas had a very nice start. Yankees are still only up one to nothing on guess what? A solo shot by Aaron Judge, because that is the only way the Yankees score nowadays, as I said. Hopefully they score more as the game goes along. But it's only one to nothing right now, so this game has another heartbreaking loss written all over it. Hopefully I'm wrong. Trevino's in the game right now. I do like how he's done out of the bullpen, though, since he's come here. He's probably been one of the better acquisitions from the trade deadline, to be honest. So is F. Ross, but F. Ross is out for injury right now as well, like we established. He's on his way back doing a throwing program, I think. Britain's still doing rehab. Just a bunch of people working back from injury. Just a ton of them cannot get back here soon enough. Because I have never seen a Yankee team more in need of reinforcements or just any sort of a continued shakeup or just jolting. Just Anything. Anything. All right, let's just move on to the last segment of the show. We got a social media segment for today, and we'll wrap up with this. Pretty simple thing. I'm doing a poll for this week, and I haven't done a poll in a long time, so it's good to finally get one out there. And quite frankly, it's from a topic that we discussed before, quite straightforward. The question quite simply is, do you think the Yankees will blow their lead in the division? Like I said before, it's now down to four games. There are four games over Tampa, only three in the loss column, with three more games still to play against them after today's game is done, let alone the rest of the Yankees' schedule, because the season's still got, give or take, about a month left to it. So there's plenty of time, and only a handful of games away. So it's very likely. Not saying it's definitely going to happen, but it's very likely. Now, I already gave my opinion more or less earlier on, so I'm not going to really reiterate it. I'm not sure whether or not they will, but at this point with the way that with the direction they're headed, if guys don't come back from injury soon and their gameplay doesn't turn around, they'll absolutely blow it. I mean, they're only 4 games up, guys. It's very possible. <laughs> what seemed like the impossible is now very possible. I said a week or two ago that I am confident that, that they'll hold on, the optimistic side of me that's still ever so slightly shining inside of me is still saying that, but I'm also acknowledging the realism in it, that it is very possible, especially given their gameplay, that they could blow this. And especially given their complacency with it all. I mean, the quote by Aaron Boone last night, if, if we don't turn this around, you're gonna have quite a story to write. Well, I gotta tell you guys, I'm so glad that you're all handling the situation of potentially the worst collapse in regular season sports history so lightheartedly. I'm happy that you can. Oh, well, listen, I've said all I have to say. I think that's safe to say. (laughs) So let's hear what you guys think about this. Let's start with at Gibbs626, and Gibbs says, been obvious for about a month now that they weren't going to win the division. I wouldn't say for about a month. I mean, as recently as a week ago, they were still up by eight. So I I wouldn't say as much as a month. (laughs) But right now, it's certainly very likely. At NYY SportsFan96 says, If they keep playing like they don't care, then yes. Yeah, I, I have never, that's one thing, I have never seen a team who was playing the way they were in the first half. <laughs> and the way that they are now. After, after playing like that, I have never seen a team that was in another galaxy gameplay-wise, so far above any other team in the world, now look so disinterested, (laughs) I really have never seen anything like it. That's why, that's really what I meant before by saying when you account for what they were just like two months ago and where they are now, it's staggering. It will render anyone speechless. Anyone. It really is incredible. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't see how that's wrong. At Kathy Goss 2 says, I have to say yes. I hope I'm wrong, but they have no fire right now. Just going through the motions. Not all his fault, but I think you have to fire Boone to shake things up. I hope hope you're wrong too. (laughs) And I hope the part of me saying that it's very likely is wrong too. I mean, realistically, it is very likely because of how close it is now and the way that they continue to play. So that's not even being negative. That's being realistic. But I hope that they don't blow it. Obviously not. (laughs) I don't want to see the worst regular season collapse in sports history happen to my team after they already had the worst collapse in sports history in general in 2004 in the ALCS against Boston. (laughs) I don't want to see my team responsible for two of the biggest collapses of all time. And firing Boone, I'm going to say it again, guys, it's... You're wasting time hoping for Boone to get fired, especially in the middle of the season. It's not going to happen. They just signed this guy to an extension. So I really, really doubt that they're going to get rid of him, period, anytime soon, but especially not in the middle of the season. It's just not going to happen. At the top of the seventh, just started now, and Judge just hit a double. Wow, what a shocker. Lead-off double for Aaron Judge? Really? A three-hit day for him? No way. Come on. Sounds like a lie to me. Sounds fake. (laughs) I'm telling you, he's the only one. He's the only one. He's the only one doing his job. He's all alone out there. Sad. And DJ's up right now. And even DJ hasn't been the same. You gotta wonder if things are still going on with his toe because he is just... He's not the same DJ. He's not doing anything now. And the season that he was having when he was healthy, he was fantastic. The old DJ was back. Now... Now it looks like 2021 DJ's back with him potentially not being healthy at the moment. It's just, he's not doing anything. Not the same hitter. He's not lifting the ball. He's not having great at-bats. Just not doing his thing. All right, let's continue on. At RJB5150 saying, starting tomorrow, this team will turn it around. So meaning today on Sunday because it's posted on Saturday. Okay, well, they're winning right now. I'd like for them to have a bigger lead than one to freaking nothing, though at 2022 NY Giants says the wild card here we come well even that's risky because if they lose the division you got to remember something the wild card especially with the three teams in the AL East right now being the Rays the Blue Jays and the Orioles is really close so if they lose the division they could lose the wild card in like 2 seconds <laughs> so that's a, they, that's why that's also why holding on to the division is so freaking important <laughs> At Brahma Bull 71 says 1000%, meaning they will blow the division. Oh my god. I just I don't want it to happen. <laughs> as realistic as it is and as likely as it is that it could happen. <sighs> Next we have at Yankee Ken saying it certainly looks like they will lose their lead. There's no cavalry coming. Too many injuries and slumps. Boone already looks like he's lost the team. Well, Boone definitely lost his temper today. That's one thing. And it looked like just, it looked like a manager at the end of his rope, temper wise, with how his team is playing. That's what it looked like. And it's hard to blame him. But, I mean, I hope the Calvary comes as soon as possible because, I mean, to death, you're missing guys like Nestor, who's only been out for a little bit, but Nestor. Sevi's been out a long time. You're missing someone like Matt Carpenter a great deal. I mean, that's really when the team started to take a humongous downturn after Carpenter got hurt. That was a big blow to this team. You miss him a lot. You miss Michael King to death. You now miss Andrew Benintendi. He's out. You miss Efros. He was doing pretty good out of the bullpen. And you really just want Bader back to help you out with the outfield more, especially with Benintendi out now. It's just so many guys. (laughs) Like... It sucks so much. So that's definitely a factor, too. You can't use it as a humongous excuse because also, you know, it's just a matter of what's being done on the field, just not getting the job done either. But hopefully the cavalry comes soon. They could use help. God only knows. My friend Tina at Mountain Gal 456 says, Mike, the way things are going, you would think yes, but I refuse to believe that. I think they will hang on to the lead. I just have to think positive because I can't believe what's going on with them right now. It's, it's absolutely surreal. It really is hard to believe, especially when you account for where they were before. It's truly remarkable. It really is. At Mike M2180 says, We can be as positive as we want, but there is no insight now as to how they will play. The odds are way against them, though. We can always have hope, but it's not in the cards as of now. Yeah, nobody knows the future, of course. You can only uh, speculate based off what you've seen lately. Oh, wow, I just realized DJ just hit a ground ball and Judge barely advanced to third in time. That was really good, so... Oh, my God. (laughs) So the Yankees actually have another rally, but how are they going to get out of this one without scoring? You ask yourself constantly, because that's what you've been regimented into thinking. So it's first and third, nobody out. I actually want to watch this at bat right now. So let me take a break for a second from answering these questions. Oswaldo Cabrera is up right now and Stanton to follow. Stanton actually hit a pretty decent fly ball before with the bases loaded, but it was caught in right field. Let's see. I'm standing up right now. I'm into it. (laughs) Ball one to Oswaldo. He showed bunt. But he pulled back in time. All right, in between pitches, let me try to read one more reply really quick. At Stickman731 says, No, I'm a Yankee fan and will believe it until mathematically eliminated that they will hold on. Well, listen, the optimistic part of me is thinking that as well. And I hope so too, man. I hope that that's the case. And how hard Tampa Bay's schedule is going forward and they do have a tougher schedule going forward, that helps you feel a little more confident. But if the Yankees don't take care of their own business, then that just doesn't help anything, no matter how hard an opponent's schedule is. It just doesn't. Especially considering you're not done with their games with them. You still have three more games against them after this series. (sighs) All right, fouled one off, so it's one and one now. Judge still on third. DJ at first. Come on, just drive home another run. I don't care how you do it. I don't care. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I thought thought that was so much farther off the bat than it really was. All right, that's going to be a sack fly. Judge is rushing home. All right, sack fly for Oswaldo Cabrera. That looked really good off the bat. I actually thought that he got all of it for a three-run homer. I'll take it. Sack fly, are you kidding me? That's an extra run. Somebody else other than Judge driving someone home, I'm always in support of that. Put my microphone back down. (laughs) Sorry for that loud thud. But... I'll take that, man. Wow, that, that looked like he got off, but now on the slow replay, you see he got under it. Definitely, it, de- it might have jammed him a little bit too, but that looked good off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> They're showing his family reaction. His family went a little nuts too. I'll take a sack fly though. I will. So it's 2-0 now at this point in which I'm watching the game. It's the top of the 7th now. At Javier114 says, the way it's been, one would say yes, but... If they win today and then go on a winning streak, when they get home, they can still secure it. Yeah, they absolutely can. I mean, they're up 2 to nothing right now. I don't care if it's only one game in the series. It's a big one because it's against the Rays, and they're the ones directly behind you. So, yeah. I mean, hopefully. I got the Twins up next. The Twins also aren't good. <laughs> so, they're just very blah. So, you got to win games against them. And if they don't win games against the Twins at home, you better believe the Yankee crowd will let them know what they feel about it. Man, Stanton's timing is just off, man. I I love Stanton. A lot of you know that already. I love him to death. I could never insult the guy. I, I mean I, I'll call him out if he's not doing well and he has not been doing well. I'll say that. I'll be honest, you know. I tell it like it is. My bias does not get in the way. Stanton has the first game he had coming back was real good. It was his best game against the As, but since then he hasn't done anything. He's just yet to get his timing back, though, man. He is His timing's way off. He's getting blown away by 90 miles an hour right down the plate. I mean, it's not good. High fastballs are easily getting him right now. And he just popped him up into foul territory. He's going to be caught. Damn it. All right, well, that's probably the only run they're getting home in the inning. It's better than absolutely nothing, I guess. Whatever. You got to lower your expectations, right? <laughs> At DMI199106 says... Judge and pitching should still win the division, but the Yankees won't be AL champs if DJ, Rizzo, Stanton, Glaber, and others do not contribute offensively. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They need all of them to contribute. All of them. And if they don't get guys like... Huge guys like Carpenter and Benintendi and Rizzo back soon, and Rizzo seems to be coming back the soonest of the bunch, of course, but if they all don't come back and play to... A great deal of their full potential. (laughs) Yeah, their chances are not great. You're absolutely right. It has to get done on the field. (laughs) How else is it going to get done? Spencer at Musician DMD. My good friend Spencer says, The Yankees are not making me look good in my answer. And it's not pie-in-the-sky blind faith. But I feel like things will work out and they'll still win the East. But I don't say this without expecting scorn from other Yankee fans. I'm listening to my gut and that's what my gut tells me you're not going to get scorned from me for being positive. I just, as long as you acknowledge that there's definitely a possibility that, that it could be blown because that's realistic, then that's not blind faith. That's just optimism. I have no problem with that. I mean, anything could happen. They could go on a winning streak. It's just what are the chances of that based on what we've seen and what they have available to them right now. <laughs> that's just the fact of the matter. I hope they do. I hope so more than anybody. But as of right now, I'd rather watch paint dry than watch this team. It's torturous. I'd rather go to the beach and count sand than watch this team. It's, listen, if you want to, if your gut's telling that, then good for your gut. (laughs) That's all I can say. I hope they do, but I definitely acknowledge that it's very likely that they could blow this thing. And if they do, (laughs) that Yapping Yankees episode is going to be a good time at BigBlue0923 says if we keep playing like this 1000% yeah (laughs) it's true Rebecca at Peace Now for Life says Mike as a fan I have to believe that they will not blow their lead it's tight and really frustrating right now but I absolutely have to believe that they will figure it out and right the ship as soon as maybe even tomorrow meaning today of course hope so I hope so They're winning right now, so, so far your foresight is doing a good job, but I hope they could hold it. hope they could hold this lead and win some games against the Twins, because that would certainly help things. (sighs) At Dennis M112358 says, it would be an epic collapse. Got me thinking of how the Cubs blew that big lead to the Mets in 1969 and were buried after as the Mets blew past them. Yeah, it's a pretty epic collapse too, absolutely. You got that and also the Mets collapse in 2007, when they had like like two and a half weeks to play and they had a seven game lead and they choked it away. Yeah, that, that was, that's brutal too, absolutely brutal, no doubt about it. But I mean, 15 and a half games, 16 games at any point throughout the season and blown that, I mean, that is, <laughs> Yeah. But you're right about that. It would definitely be beyond epic. I mean, it doesn't even begin to, to describe. Next we have, At Don't Sit DJ <laughs> says, <laughs> I think they might, but that doesn't for a second make me think they're not going to become the dominant team that they were when certain guys are back and consistently playing together again. Yeah, you know, like I said, getting to some guys, some of the names I mentioned before, back from injury, that could definitely help. I mean, we'll see, because the injuries definitely are not helping anything. You're right about that. So, all right, let's just do a couple more, because we're really running towards an hour and a half here. Uh, tch, tch, tch. At Willow Lopez 1976 says, I really don't want to say yes, because as a Yankee fan, I never feel like they're out of it. But it's getting ugly very quickly. I finish with this. I won't put my money on them, but I will stand by them to the end. Well, absolutely. Listen, as much as I hate this team, I love them. if that makes any sense to you. I mean, I think any passionate Yankee fan understands that. So, yeah, nobody wants them to. If you want them, I mean, I get a lot of people want people fired and they feel that if they've even missed the playoffs overall that that'll happen. I still don't think it will. I mean, I'm definitely on the train that changes in the front office would have to be made if they come up short again this year, which, of course, their gameplay of late would suggest that they will come up short again. But it's not a guarantee that if they do make the playoffs that people will be fired. So I'm just, you know, I'm not rooting for them to not make the playoffs. Oh, you got to be kidding. No way. No way. No way. No. Oh, it's off the top of the wall. Thank God. Oh, my God. I thought that was a home run right away. Giving up. Oh, my God. Uh I thought that was a solo shot to start the bottom of the seventh inning. Marinaccio's on the mound again. I was David Peralta. I thought that was gone. Now Isak Paredes, who has killed the Yankees this year's up at bat as a tying run. Oh, my God. I can't do this. I just can't. <sighs> but yeah, of course. I, I, I guess that's what I have to say to follow up your reply. That there's no guarantee that even if they do come up short, that anybody's really going to be fired. So, you got to, you got to root for them to win. You're a fan, you got to root for them to win. No matter how much they drive you insane. As much as I am just anti-Cashman at this point, I I really am. It's hard to be pro-Cashman right now. I mean, just, as I look up and down the replies to, all the replies that I just constantly can't get to, and I'm not going to this week as I do every other week because there's just too many of you. Just so many just fire Cashman comments. I mean, that's everywhere you go. You can't avoid that, but even more so in times like this. All right, let's just do maybe like three or four more, and then we'll wrap up the episode for today. At H. H. 1 says, unless they make a big decision, which has to be fire Boone, before we play and lose again, then we are now certain to lose the division. We need fresh leadership and someone who can come in and really motivate and inspire. Nothing positive is happening without a seismic move. I gotta tell you, I mean, it's just not happening. (laughs) They're not firing Boone, I think, period, anytime soon. And they're especially not firing him mid-season. Get it out of your heads, people. I'm just trying to save you some time and energy. It's not happening. And Marinaccio just walked Paredes now. First and second nobody out. Here we go. I mean it's just the main thing you got to resort to just saying here we go. <laughs> it's just the same old crap. Whatever. All right, next we have, let's see. At Giaquin 16 says, my heart says no, my brain says yes. I think that basically sums it up. That's a that's a pretty good answer. <laughs> Alrighty, last two as per usual. First of the final two, as always, is my girlfriend Vic Salimo and Vic says, yes, based on the path this team is following and has been following consistently for a couple of months now, I think they've proven how this will turn out. They are not a leading team. This is not just a slump. It's gone on for too long now. This just seems to be who they are at this point and if it doesn't improve who they will be. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good answer. definitely a good answer. Pretty level-headed. And by the way, I literally just realized that I never even gave you the actual poll results. I'm just giving you the replies. I'll give you the poll results in a second. Let me read our final reply before I give you the poll results. And it comes from my mom, as always, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom says, I believe they will lose the division, unfortunately. However, if they continue to spiral out of control like this, it better result in the firing of Cashman or someone after this. God help these Yankees to find their way soon, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they blow this division lead, it really it would just be hard for any Yankee fan to mentally deal with to not see any changes made in the front office whatsoever. I don't think Cashman's going anywhere, even though this is the last year of his five-year extension that he signed, I believe, in 2017. I just think that Hal and all of upper yankee ownership just loves Cashman so much for some reason and they just want to keep him around but yeah if it meant if it meant him going or just some big change being made i mean whatever at this point i obviously i don't i cannot mentally fathom watching the yankees actually officially blowing this lead and just coming up short again it would just be a travesty. I mean, everybody in the fan base would be calling for somebody's head at that point, no doubt about it. And I don't know if you just fire somebody at that point for the sake of firing somebody. I mean, I probably would at that point because it's just such a disgrace if that reality does play itself out, that potential reality, but I don't know. Yeah, it would certainly be hard to deal with, Mom. I totally hear you. Just seeing that happen, if they continue down this path and seeing nothing being done about it internally. All right, so Marinaccio just got Bethencourt to fly out to center field, and they're making a pitching change now. I am not really sure who's coming in because I didn't take a look. I'll just look on that bat. It says is coming in. So, All right, I guess I could stick with you for a few minutes to see how Luizaga does before I end the episode here, and then the rest of the game will play out as it does. You'll hear this episode later on tonight. You already know the result of it, obviously. So we'll just see how Luizaga does here. And he's done a fantastic job, of course. He's going to have to face Taylor Walls and then Jose Siri. And if he has to face anybody after that, it'll be Yandy Diaz, who's leadoff, and then Choi after him. And Loisega, of course, as I said, has just looked like the Loisega of 2021, which is probably as big of a deal to the bullpen as anything, as I've said in the past. Because he is that important, and he meant that much to the bullpen last year. When the pitching was as good as it was, he was a big reason for that out in that bullpen, so we'll see how he does, he's about to pitch to Walls now, we'll see, now that our social media segment is over, and I want to thank all of you, in the meantime, he just fouled off the first pitch, did Walls, so, while I'm watching this at bat, I do just want to thank each and every one of you for your replies and interaction on the social media segment, like every single week, and like every single week, I did not get to all of you, but... It doesn't change the fact of how freaking awesome you are for giving me even a second of your day to interact with this show whatsoever. So I really appreciate it regardless. <sighs> so we'll see how the rest of the setback goes. It's 0 1 on walls right now. Leisick is on the mound. Swing and a miss on the second pitch. My God, what a pitch. Oh, what a pitch. 99 miles an hour on the outside corner, swung right through it. You can't catch up to that crap. <laughs> what a pitch. And Siri's on deck. So if you get Walls out now, which you should, you should get Walls and Siri out, no problem. Theoretically. <laughs> I say theoretically because it's the Yankees we're talking about, but I do believe in my boy Johnny Lowe. So let's see. 0-2, up high. Throw really hard. God. If this game gets blown right here, I'm if the lead gets blown or... They just seem to be going down a bad path. I'm just going to end the episode right here <laughs> and go about my day because I do have a barbecue to go to at my dad's house very shortly anyway. So, it, it is what it is at that point. I'm just going to go enjoy the day as best as I can. Try not to continue to let the Yankees ruin my days and <laughs> just go from there. Pitch outside, 2-2 two and two now. <sighs> can we just win this game? I just want to win a game, dude. I just want to win a game. (laughs) I know this must be pretty weird for you guys to listen to because you're listening to this tonight or at some point later on in the week and you already know how this turns out, but this is the point I'm watching it right now. You even hear it in the background. Have the game on. Strike three! Strike three! What a changeup. Pulled the string. Beautiful, oh my god, that's lethal to a lefty Woo! That's lethal Two outs Johnny Lowe is so good, dude I'm so happy he's back to his old self You have no idea Alright Oh, we got a pinch hitter Aranda's up now Good hitting prospect As Paul O'Neill just said But, uh, I don't know, we'll see how he does Against Johnny Lowe, he's pinch-hitting for Jose Siri here. Johnny Lowe's got one more, out, one more out to go, and then the bullpen has two more innings to eat after this. It would be lovely if the offense gave them more runs, but we all know we can't come to ask for too much from these bats other than Aaron Judge. First pitch is low. I'm standing up, literally holding the microphone in peak excitement-slash-begging fashion right now, just begging them to escape this jam. <sighs> Again, Aaron Boone is out of this game. He got ejected. Had every right to because he was arguing a catcher's interference call and there was no catcher's interference. 1-0, swing and a miss. Oh, my God. Luizaga's fastball is literally as electric as it was when he was at peak performance in 2021. All right. And I got to reach for the remote. I'm just going to lower it a little bit. I don't feel like getting copyrighted by getting some of the Yankee broadcast on my podcast. You know what I mean? Don't feel like having that happen. One and one, swung on a missed. Oh my God. So 99 right down the plate. I love that. That is, such, that is such confident energy right there. Here's my best 99 right down the plate. Try to do something with it. You can't? Well, deal with it because I'm just better than you at that point. I love that. Love it. inferior talent to you. Give them your best stuff. If they can't hit it, it's not your fault. You're just too good for them. (laughs) All right. They just called time. Come on. Just get him out so I can wrap the show up, please. (laughs) I got a barbecue to go to. And I'll have this out to you later tonight, of course. All righty. One and two. One and two. Come on. I think this is Luizica's ninth pitch of the inning. I believe you could have him at least start the eighth, regardless if he gets out of this now. One and two. Check swing. I don't think he went around. No, he didn't. So it's two and two now. It's a changeup outside. I would love to broadcast Yankee games one day. You know that? I would absolutely love that. I could definitely do play-by-play or even color. Either one. I would love to do it. People have told me that I should. I did have some experience commentating college basketball games at the college I went to. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I would definitely do it for my most beloved sport, of course. Fastball low at 100 miles an hour. So it's three and two now. So we hit triple digits on the gun. Always like those triple digits. But you got to locate, otherwise, it doesn't mean anything other people available out of the pen Litke is rested for a long time I'd say Wysert's unavailable through 29 pitches yesterday Holmes is available, Weber's available most of the other arms have been used recently or even today already 3-2, and here we go popped him up that's out of play I hate high drama. I just want outs. That's all I want. I just want outs, dude. All right, so another full count delivery. Oh, God, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. I don't like this. Non mi piace means I don't like it in Italian, for those who don't know. Can my headphones stop dangling? Top of my desk like that and making that noise. It's so annoying. <laughs> All right, Calling time again. Oh my god, this is taking forever. I might just do my regular wrap-up before this at-bat ends. I'll give it one more chance, one more pitch, and then I'm doing my wrap-up and then we'll just see how it ends up towards the end of my wrap-up before I head out for the day. Heading to the 8th inning with the Yankees. Still up 2-0, by the way. Solo shot by Judge. Sack fly by Oswaldo Cabrera. 3-2 pitch. Low ball for son of a bitch. Had him 1-2, clearly looking like the superior talent on the mound, and you walk him to get to Yandy Diaz, who kills this team. I just don't understand. I don't understand. I I, I, don't, I don't get it. All right, I guess I'll do a... Actually, no, there's a, vow, a mound visit right now. Matt Blake is going out to talk to him. So I guess I'll do my wrap-up, because other than that, guys... And I should mention the freaking poll results, like I said I would, by the way. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I am doing a great job right now. It's just my, my concentration's elsewhere. It's on the game right now. So the results of the poll, by the way, to the question, do you think the Yankees will blow their lead in the division? As if you couldn't tell from the replies already, being massively in favor of just saying that with the way they're playing, I guess they're just going to blow the division. The results said the same thing. Because out of hundreds and hundreds of people who voted, and I thank you all for voting too, by the way, 75% of people said yes, they will blow their lead in the division, and only 25% said they won't. So that's where the mindset is right now, guys. I'll watch the first pitch of this at-bat right now, because now the mound visit is over. Yandy Diaz is getting ready to take his digs against Johnny Lowe, and the first pitch is a breaking ball outside. All right, but with that being said, guys, I guess I'll just say the results of this after my wrap up's done. But that is all for episode 153 of Yapping Yankees today. And as I wrap up, I'm still standing up, <laughs> just really into the game right now. But that is all for episode 153 today, my friends. As per usual, if you do not already, please follow me on all social medias. My Facebook fan page is Mike Scudero NY, On Twitter, I'm at Mike Scudero, And on Instagram, I'm MikeScuds97. Please subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms that it is available on. That's YouTube, Apple, and Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like below on YouTube if you're listening on there and just show your love on all four of them. And if you've missed any Yapping Yankees episodes, well, I'll tell you right now, the good news is that you can very easily access any of them. Episode 34 all the way up to episode 153 today are all available on YouTube. And every episode going all the way back to episode one all the way up to today are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today. As always, my friends, I have been your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, unfortunately, on the tragic anniversary, the 21st anniversary of the tragedy of 9-11 on September 11th, when I come at you with episode 154 of Yapping. Yankees, and as I just saw the game right now, Diaz broke the bat, ground ball to shortstop, flipped to second, out of the inning. Thank God. So still two nothing in the top of the eighth. Let's hope they hold on. Gotta win a freaking game. <sighs> Until I talk to you next Sunday, though, guys. As always, hang in there, be patient, stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and Yankees. I, there's really just nothing. Nothing to say at this point Hold on today, win today Just win games, win freaking games Make smart decisions (sighs) Just freaking win Don't allow the biggest regular season Collapse in sports history, at least one of them To happen Just don't do it, just win freaking games Let's also get guys Back from injury and let's just uh, Just win games, that's all I can say They've beaten us all to such a pulp here in the second half. What else can you say? Just win freaking games. (laughs) All right, guys. Godspeed. Talk to you next Sunday. (laughs) Take care.